my guest today is a comedian, actor, impressionist, and charity patron. You'll know him from his impressions of, and to, some of the biggest stars in the world. It is, of course, a one of a kind himself, Mr. Al Foran. <laughs> Al, how are you? Thank you, Andy. Actor, I love it. I've, I've, been, I've been in one, a few little things um, in the past few years, but yeah, I like that now comedian actor <laughs> to be fair you've been in a kubrick film with brian cox like that's a fairly solid one to have on the resume unreal i didn't even know brian cox was uh, narrating that until i got like, big time hollywood like, i, I didn't even year. know brian cox was in that <laughs> oh stop as uh, succession like is one of my favorite shows so yeah it was fantastic Let's see if you can get you a role in that um <laughs> just before we start there i like to kind of play amateur psychologists with my guest movies all the ones that you've picked you could say they're not one thing like one of them it's not just a time travel movie it's not mm -hmm. just a comedy as i've said in the intro there you're a man who wears many hats himself in your list as well there's a lot of people kind of in front and behind the camera who've had these really varied careers do you find yourself drawn to like films for for the director or for the actor was it that gets you excited about a film yeah definitely the director 100%. Um, you know, Robert Zemeckis, like with Back to the Future, being one of them. Um, Robert Zemeckis, for me, he's, he's one of the best directors of our time. Um, he directs films that, you know, translates to, to a lot of people. Um, you know, you look, at, you look at Forrest Gump, obviously, which is an overplayed classic, but it never gets old, you know. Um, yeah. And then the Back to the Future trilogy is just it's incredible and um, it's untouched as well. You know, we don't know when it's going to be, when they're kind of, kind of mess around with it. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't, but it's just, it's a gem. <clears throat> I watch it like, I watch it every Christmas. You know, they do the Indiana Jones trilogy at Christmas mm -hmm. and then they do the Back to the Future trilogy. And I just don't get bored of it. I really don't. And I, I, I love the second one just as much as the first one. Yeah, I think the second one for me, I think just the, the sports Almac thing is the one that really gets me. Yeah, it's, it's iconic. I, I think and Biff Tannen is one of, the, one of the most unique, funniest goofball villains as well. I, you know, that exchange between him and older Biff in the car, in, in the classic car in the sick, in, I think it was in 1955 when he travels back. It's one of the funniest, you know, it's one of the funniest exchanges. <laughs> In a, in a movie like that, you know, I just, I love it. I really do. And now, of course, Biff is president. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> and I, I kind of like the, the behind the scenes. Like that script was rejected 44 times, if you can imagine. Yeah. And th there's a great story of uh, the head of Universal hated the title Back to the Future. He said, films with future in the title don't make money. You need to change it to Spaceman from Pluto. And you need to change all the lines about Vader and Vulcan to Pluto. Robert Zemeckis hated the idea, went to Steven Spielberg, who was the producer, and said, here, well, what mm. do I do here? So Spielberg comes up and writes the guy a letter saying, thanks very much for the joke memo you sent. We all had a great laugh at those ridiculous ideas you sent. You know, best of luck, keep, <laughs> keep them coming. You're keeping the morale high. So your man was just too embarrassed to say, well, that's a serious, so I'll, I'll jump out of that. Yeah, actually, you forget how much of a help Steven Spielberg was in getting that movie made. You know, and, and they did it. They had issues in production as well. I think it was, it was an Eric Stoltz was um, the original Marty McFly and they just weren't convinced by him. Um, 
Yeah, he was replaced. Like, I think it cost about three million to replace him with Michael J. Fox. It wasn't. It was yeah. Johnny Depp, Redford as well, and Charlie Sheen. So it could have turned yeah. out very different. Then, of course, you've got Crispin Glover, who's one of the the, the all time great lunatics as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> One thing on this, now I'm just going to ask you. Actually, I'll try and make a, a bet with you here. If you could jump in your DeLorean and go back to any gig that you played, and I'll see if I can oh. guess what one you would pick. And if oh. I guess the right one, you have to give me a promo in one of your, your many actor voices for the show. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I put 20 euro into the, the Marie Keaton Foundation. Oh, God, that's great. Well, look, that's a great incentive. Okay, well... Go back to any gig. Um, when you think of it, tell me. We'll, we'll count to three and see if I get it right. Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Do you want me to tell? Do you want me to okay. tell? Yeah. I'm on yeah. three. One, two, three. Cork. Floyd Mayweather. Ah. <laughs> I thought you'd go for the nostalgia one there. I know um, your grandmother was one of the Corks yeah. and Sopranos, so I thought no. <laughs> uh, it turns out family isn't important to you as, as money may ah. so. <laughs> well the, the, you know the story behind that was was crazy because I went on and I did the I did the gig for you know I was on for 15 minutes um, three of his 30 strong entourage that arrived at Birmingham <laughs> um, had noticed me doing a Conor McGregor impression and they passed on, passed on that information to him and he basically said to the event uh, organizer he said listen get, get this guy up by, on stage at the end of the show and um, i want him to do the conor mcgregor mm-hmm. to me and this was march 2017 so this was what six months before yeah. they they fought i think it was about two or three months before the fight was announced as well and i remember shitting myself <laughs> i remember thinking oh my god like I, I was asked maybe half an hour i think i had a half an hour a 30 minute window to kind of think this over, what the hell am I going to do? I'm just, I'm going to go on stage and confront Floyd Mayweather as Conor McGregor. And lo and behold, I just, I just went for it. I was with my agent at the time and he uh, filmed it. Um, and I did McGregor and then I decided, you know what, I'll just do Mike Tyson, I'll do De Niro, I'll do Trump, I'll do Joe Pesci. Just milked it. But um, it turned, it turned out to be a good video. You kind of scoffed at the start when I called you an actor, but I think that's something of yours that's really underrated. Like people say, oh, there's Al Foran. He does impressions of people, but you yeah. don't. You make characters out of them as well. And to do something like, like to have a back and forth with Floyd Mayweather with no script, like Floyd, for, for what you can say, but he's a great talker as well. So you have to mm-hmm. answer as Conor McGregor in something that, you know, fans that will still see as well. So you're yeah. basically doing an improv of a real person. It's, I think that's yeah, a very it's... underrated part of your act. It's it's an improv scene, I suppose. Um, you know, it's it's one of the it's one of my I suppose it's one of the specialities of of my content. I just if if I see if I see someone you know that's famous, if I if I'm at a um, you know a, a do with someone who's say an Anthony Joshua or, or a Tyson Fury or a Ryan Giggs, I just whip the phone out and start doing impressions in front of them <laughs> and see how they respond to it. Um, and then I just chuck it up online. I just, just I really, I dive into the deep end with it big time, you know? Like you're not doing it with professional comedians. You're doing this with people who, you know, aren't expecting it would be a bit taken aback, <laughs> which I imagine is twice as hard to do as well. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Speaking of comedies, the next one on your list there would be a very subjective comedy. I've watched this with people who just did not get it at all. And I've watched the people who yeah. thought it's the funniest thing <clears throat> ever made. And that's the big Lebowski. Yeah, that's... Uh, 
it's hilarious. Um, in terms of dialogue, in terms of script, it's just, it's, it's, it's ahead of its time. I don't think you'll ever see anything like that. Um, it's just so unique. Uh, the exchanges between John Goodman and Steve Buscemi in particular as well are just hilarious. And Jeff Bridges is, he, he's like, he's the man. He, he's the dude and he, he's the man in that movie. It's, it's, um, it's just brilliant. And I never get tired of it. Never get tired of it. You know, it's such a, it's such a silly film as well. That's the crazy thing about it. It's so, you know, it's, it's, it's so smartly put together, you know, in terms of plot. It's just, it's brilliant. It's also, I've known for just having the most useless trivia about films as well. Do you know who the John Goodman character is based on? No. He's based on director John Milius, who directed and wrote Conan. The Barbarian, okay. and he also created the octagon for the UFC. He was behind the design of that. They were coming up with all the, the wacky oh, wow. designs of a moat and things like that. He's the guy <laughs> who said it should be an octagon. So next That's time you're watching it and you want fact. someone to shut you up, <laughs> you can draw that one out. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Jeff Bridges, again, somebody who... Yeah has this like varied career he can do comedy he can do drama and this and someone who just mm. incorporated that character really well ah oh, just he, he was he was flawless in that role he really he really was and they got the best out of him the mm. Coens they really did I'd say they enjoy like he seems like a chill guy anyway mm. you know so I don't think it was that much of a stretch for Jeff Bridges mm. but he just there's nobody else could play that role uh, maybe, maybe if they were to, it'd be a crime to remake anything like that. But if you were to put anyone else in there, maybe Woody Harrelson, he'd be the only yeah. one I could think of that could play the dude. But Jeff Bridges, he's just perfect. And then the supporting cast as well: John Goodman, um, Steve Buscemi, uh, Tara Reid as well yeah. was the the girl, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, so it was just it's 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 a perfect film it, it is it's and it's a comedy that a lot of people don't really get mm. you know you really have to you really have to watch it and you have to listen to the dialogue to really get that comedy it's it's such an intelligent piece of comedy as well you know it's like the, the character for me that stands out and like you said no one can remake it and do it. and i think why it stood out is john Totoro's character the jesus oh the jesus yeah 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 no nobody i don't know if you saw the sequel to that jesus. this year that just shows I, I, oh, something, yeah. it's terrible it's absolutely terrible <laughs> and it just goes to show like that character works because it's in that Coen Brothers environment yeah. if you take that out yeah. and have somebody lesser make that it's just not the same at all but that was so iconic his character he was only in like two scenes yeah wasn't it? it was two scenes in the movie <laughs> and they just completely undo his backstory then in the first five minutes of this one that's just like you know I'm not it, it's, it was like it was made by someone who'd never seen Lebowski and wasn't it Peter Stormer? Is that his name? Yeah. He played one of the, the nihilists. The nihilists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, fantastic in Fargo as well. Yeah, he's brilliant in Fargo. He was, I think he was a real go-to for the, for the Coen brothers. Another uh, director, you know, the Coen brothers, obviously one of the greatest directors of all time. Mm. Another one for me who I absolutely adore is Paul Thomas Anderson, who made mm. the final film on your list, Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um, porn industry is that why this appealed to you i assume <laughs> <laughs> no believe it or not no i just i think stylistically it's a it's a superb film it's got everything soundtrack the cast um burt reynolds as well is just he's brilliant in it 
um, Mark Wahlberg, I, I believe he's spoken out about the movie and he regrets, he regrets making that movie um, as he, he's a devout Christian. Yeah. Um, but I have to say his performance in it was flawless. Um, and even that cameo from Alfred Merlina at the end with the drug deal, that was such an intense scene. It was just, it was a brilliant scene. It was both, it was hilarious, intense and chaotic. You know, it was just, just all, all of that rolled into one scene. And I think Paul Thomas Anderson was like, he was like 24, 25 when he made that movie, which I think is just incredible. Yeah. And, and the opening shot, the, the opening to that movie is just, you won't get a better opening in terms of like Hollywood and cinema and just the, the perfect opening to a movie. That um, track and shot with the emotions, best of my love on the background and then going into, going into the nightclub is just, it's, it's amazing. It's his good fellow scene, basically. And, and at the end, then, of course, you've marked, yeah. I keep calling him Marky Mark. I actually interviewed him and spent the whole week up to saying, don't say Marky Mark, don't say Marky Mark. And the end scene where he's basically given the, the Rage and Bull montage as well. And like he's yeah, 24 yeah. years old. So like you say, it's incredible. <laughs> that just pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it is. It's one of my favorites for that reason. I know it's, I, t- I think it's, yeah, it's all about the porn industry, but there's a lot more to it than that. You know, it's it's such a stylish movie, and and again, he's he's the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Julianne Moore is brilliant in it, um, Heather Graham, Mark Wahlberg, um, Lewis Guzman, um, William H Macy. It's just of such a good cast, man. And it's it's kind of strange that it's, like you you were mentioning there, like Mark Wahlberg kind of sound. It was DiCaprio was offered that initially, and he had he, was, he yeah. recommended Wahlberg because he was doing Titanic, and even Burt Reynolds, who just completely disowned it the second he saw it, and then ended up winning he the Golden Globe. He hated Paul Thomas Anderson, didn't he? Yeah, he, hated, he ended up hating him after the movie. Yeah, he was cast already in uh, Magnolia. He was supposed to be the the dying father that Tom Cruise uh, confronts, oh, and after yeah. he had the row, he basically said fuck you i'm not doing the film now so he could have you know had a second oscar because apparently the reason he didn't get the first one was because he was you know he basically pulled an eddie murphy and norbit and they just scrapped him because of his his attitude towards the film oh my god it's mad though and i think it is it's it was kind of a thing like burt reynolds was a screen legend at that point and he probably you know thinking to himself this 25 year old kid is here telling me how to act telling me how to <laughs> how to do this scene but like it was a it was a great performance from Burt Reynolds so I don't know why he didn't get along with him but you hear these stories as well on, on film sets I hear a lot about David O. Russell that he's apparently yeah. just a, a nightmare to work with um I think was it who punched was it George Clooney George Clooney headbutted him on uh, Three Kings <laughs> Three Kings and Christian Bale grabbed him on one of the movies as well I think it was I think it was American Hustle. Yeah. He threatened him because he was given, he was given um, Amy Adams or was it Jennifer Lawrence yeah. a bit of trouble? Like. There is also a video of him, I think it's on I Heart Huckabees, where he is just screaming at one of the actresses and Dustin Hoffman is just kind of sitting off to the side, like pretending he's not hearing this and he's just kind of awkwardly shuffling off the stage. It's actually hilarious to watch. You can just see it. I should say something, but I'm not getting yeah. involved in this. Obviously, Ali, he's, he's a great filmmaker too. He's what, sorry? He's a great filmmaker too, hmm. a Russell. He's just a lunatic. He's just crazy. 
he had was he made one a couple of years ago or is about was Jake Gyllenhaal it stands he gets a, a nail in the head and he's slowly losing his memory and he's like falling in love with somebody and it is the oh. worst thing you've ever seen in your life it's basically like the skiff from Happy Gilmore oh. but done really seriously oh I must watch I don't know what the, I'm, oh, I must watch that <laughs> when did that come out was it because I know he, he did Silver Linings American Hustle after that and then he did Joy with Jennifer Lawrence. Another one that wasn't. It was kind of in the middle of that. I think it was just after. It was like I Heart Huckabees and this were kind of like the two films that nearly sank. Him. The, yeah, yeah. As I know, obviously, you're a, a big fan of Larry David as well. And um, we spoke about <laughs> Michael J. Fox with uh, Back to the Future. That episode, for me, of course, oh. is just one of the, the, the funniest hours of TV I've ever seen. It's pure genius. <laughs> it's just... It's 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 typical Larry David getting himself into these situations, you know the um, this you know the the, the bottle of diet coke, um, <laughs> the mini violin in front of uh, Mayor Bloomberg. It's just ah uh, that yeah that particular episode is so funny. He he like that's that's the only, in my opinion, it's the best comedy series mm. com- comedy series slash movie going now at the very minute it's the only daring one as well and yeah. um, because you can't listen you, you can't um you can't cancel a show like curb your enthusiasm you know and someone as legendary as larry david as well um it's just brilliant and i'm i heard there's, there's another season coming along as well which i'm delighted about <laughs> yeah he has that fu money where you, you can't cancel that <laughs> you just can't i think mm. I think, well, how much did he earn from Seinfeld? Like six hundred million yeah. or something. Him and Jerry Seinfeld, the syndication or something like that. What worries me is watching that is like ninety percent of the time, probably more. I'm looking on. He's kind of in the right. <laughs> I think that says more that's, about me. That's <laughs> the crazy thing. I'm trying to convince my fiance that it's funny, and she thinks, "Oh no, no, it's this. she kind of <laughs> has just this." I suppose this gelled opinion of it. She's seen it, and I think she didn't like one particular scene. Hmm. And then we were sitting down because we have the Sky Comedy, and I just flicked it on, and um, I think they play like three or four episodes from seven o'clock to nine o'clock every yeah. night, and I could hear her giggling in the corner. <laughs> and I was like, "It's relatable, isn't it?" I think there was something about about the queuing up for the ice cream. I said, "That's relatable, isn't it?" You get annoyed at <laughs> and she was like, "Feck off," you know. But it, it is, yeah. it is true. Like the, the stuff he gets. You know, miffed about you. You would you'd, you'd be infuriated in real life. You know, so he's actually, in a sense, he's the sane one. Yeah. That's the that's the genius of it. You know, uh, I can't let you go without mentioning. I'm, I was convinced there would be at least one Joe Pesci, De Niro, or Pacino <laughs> film on your list. None of them made it. Just on that, can you well, watch you know what? a they film would... without without um, kind of? working out in your head oh can i do an impression could i use this to work at something or would you have to you can you switch that part of your brain off when you're watching something for the I, first time? no i switched that off i switched that off straight away um <clears throat> i've been like i studied film in college and it was one of my passions you know growing up Um, you know my dad was massively into film as you know when he was younger and comic books and all that malarkey as well and then my brother got me into you know, the likes of the, my brother got me into Goodfellas Casino, all of those movies at a very, very <laughs> early age. Um, so I just kind of developed a, a massive love for film. And then I remember when I was studying, I be, kind of became a bit of a snob about, 
<laughs> where we went through a phase where I, uh, no I wouldn't watch that not not to the point where like I wouldn't go see a blockbuster or anything like yeah. that I'd see that but like uh, movies like Transformers and all it'd just be like ugh, ugh. and now I kind of see it on the telly and I just kind of you know I'll sit there if it's on it's on I'll watch it yeah but um no I, I, I switch off completely Andy I just I, I'm going to see Wonder Woman on Sunday and I've heard it's getting very good reviews, and I'm just I'm looking forward to that. You know, the, the sitting in a cinema, it's there's nothing better than it. And hearing about this news about HBO Max and um, Disney Plus, you know, with all of these kind of, you know, streaming coming to the fore now, it's um it's it's disheartening because you know there's nothing there's nothing better than going to see a, a, you know a film in in in, in cinema. Um, I mean. Just look back at Avengers Endgame. I mean, the ending of that movie, you know, that, that particular scene, the final battle. Like, I remember, I, I went to the opening night of that, and people were actually cheering yeah. in the cinema. I couldn't believe it. I, like, I, th- I thought I was watching a match. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'd never, I've never heard it like that. And, and it's stuff like that that kind of make you, you know, really appreciate the, the cinemas in general. So, no, I'm looking forward to seeing this on Sunday. I'm um, going to see it in IMAX, so... Yeah, and that's some substitution to throw on at the end. End game now for a fresh pair of legs. Here's half a walk on to <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange. I wish Solskjaer had a few options like that from the bench. <laughs> of course, absolutely, be fantastic. You have some options like that. Captain um, America, Bruno, <laughs> Captain Portugal. Who would Pogba be? Oh, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Who would Pogba be? Who? Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Howard the Duck, probably. How, Howard the Duck. That's a good. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Uh, um, I had absolute crack talking, man. I really, really appreciate you coming on the uh, show. My pleasure, mate. And I will make good on my on my promise on my bet there, and I will tag you in my post with my donation to the Marie Keaton Foundation. Ah, so brilliant! You've Fair you've gotten away with mate. that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, any, anyway, I said Back to the Future's in that list. It'll be on over Christmas, guys. Just have your free time. Watch it. Best one of the best trilogies ever. Before I go, what do you reckon of this Jake Paul McGregor thing? Yeah, that was what my you, reaction what is, what is this, this is you. This is you teaming me up to Dale McGregor, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, listen, I wouldn't react to, to a kid like that. Do you know what I mean? I feel, I feel very sorry for him. You know, he's trying to get my attention. He's trying to get that fight. He's there. He's there on his knees, basically, begging me. And, and, he's, and he's throwing a little, a few low blows there to try to get my attention. So, uh, I mean, imagine if I fight him for free. Do you know what I mean? Instead of, instead of him taking a, taking a paycheck for that. He'd read run. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, this is a dare for that kid. You know, this is this is the the, the biggest dare he could he could ever do. So, yeah, fair play to him. Let him keep talking. <laughs> the little pubie beard on him. I swear to God, the state of him, mate. We all know what would happen. We all know what would happen if if, if we went one on one with him, Andy. So that's that's all I have to say. <laughs> Alfred, thank you so much, man. My pleasure, Andy. Cheers.